Welcome to another episode of It's a Long Beach Thing, where we bring on guests and we talk about this beautiful city we call Long Beach. And now, here's your host, motivational coach, Paul Fortune. Welcome to another episode of It's a Long Beach Thing. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and like us on Facebook. We have another great show for you today. We have one of my good friends, Dana Fights, with us. How are you, Dana? I'm good, Paul. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm excited to be a part of It's a Long Beach Thing podcast. Um, but yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, gosh, we've we've uh, known each other for a few years now. I I think I met you right when you got into the real estate uh, market. So when was that? What is that? Eight years ago now? Six or six to eight years ago? I have a good memory. Yeah, it's uh, just over six years. So yeah, we met and you were in baking at the time. And yeah, uh, yeah met, met yeah. at the Long Beach Broker Preview probably. <laughs> uh, exactly. You, you're, you're, the other rep was taking you around. I, re- I remember it. I remember it exactly. It was that Broker Preview. And, and I wanted to tell you this on air is you were extremely helpful to me in the real estate market. And you really helped me a lot with different things about looking up different properties. And I wish, uh, and, and was nothing against you on giving you business, but I worked for a big bank and I couldn't pick uh, a title rep. I they, they didn't allow me to do that. So I never wanted you to think that I was not giving you business on purpose. I wasn't giving anybody business uh, because the ba- the big bank takes care of it for me. But I just wanted to let you know that that, w- that was never anything against you. You did excellent work for me. You did things for free just to help out a friend. So I, I always really appreciate that about you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I'm always happy to help. And I understand when it comes to big um, businesses, sometimes you can't always choose who to work with because it's structured in. But I always say, like, just treat people with respect, do the best you can. And um, things always, you know, come back around and just help other people out. So that's just what we do, right? You too. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get into it a little bit. What's your involvement with this great city of Long Beach? Long Beach. Yeah. So, um, I actually am originally from Orange County, Huntington Beach, which everyone goes boo when they first hear that. <laughs> um, but I moved to Long Beach when I actually, after I graduated from Cal State Long Beach, um, so I went to college in Long Beach and I loved the city and I ended up getting a job in um, in El Segundo, so in LA. So I needed a place to live. I had a lot of friends in Long Beach because I went to college in Long Beach and um, they were great people. I loved the vibe of the city. So I ended up moving to Long Beach um, and this was quite a while ago. So I was probably about... Uh, 21 at the time. So maybe 12 years ago. Um, and ever since then it's been home. So I moved into an apartment first and then ended up getting a condo and now have a house. And, um, I love being in this like diverse, um, fun, eclectic, uh, exciting, you know, city with, uh, lots to do. (laughs) Absolutely. And if memory serves me correctly, when you got outside of college, you were in the hospitality industry, was that correct? Yeah, you have a great memory. Yes, I um, I ended up going directly into working uh, as a private dining director at Fleming's Prime Steakhouse. So 
that was in El Segundo. And um, that's actually why I moved to Long Beach because it was it was the most affordable beach city <laughs> that was closest to, to my job. Um, and so, yeah, I started there, worked with big companies, helped them plan their events and contracted them, planned them all out, um, made sure that the technology and the food and the drinks and everything was set up. So I did all types of events, business events, weddings, worked with all the sports teams, all the aerospace companies, like you name it, I probably worked with that company. <laughs> so um, then I went over to Marriott, which was in Torrance. The, um, so they recruited me over there and I worked for uh, contracting large social events in uh, Torrance. And this whole time though, I was living in Long Beach. So I rarely actually stayed in the South Bay. I went to work and I came right back to home to, to Long Beach and lived my actual life life there outside of work at the time. Um, but now as a title rep in Long Beach, uh, for six years, I live, I live over here. I work here. Everything is here. So this is, this is where I reside and I'm fortunate. I rarely go on the, <laughs> on the freeways. So yeah, that, that makes it great. I mean, when you were in the hospitality, cause I was in the hospitality as well, you were probably working, you know, 50 plus hours a week, you know, probably not making the money that you're making now as a title rep. Um, talk to me about like, was there a little bit of burnout or, or were you thinking like when you were in that industry, were you thinking like, Hey, maybe, maybe this is not for me. I don't know if I want to do this the rest of my life. Talk to, talk to me about that a little bit. Um, yeah. So Fleming's was actually an amazing job. I loved my job there. We were the training location. So out of 65 locations, we were the number one. We even trained the Brazil team. So I loved it. I worked my butt off. I started from zero. I knew barely anything, but I had this amazing position. I was fortunate. Um, I had help from somebody that brought me into that role uh, as a mentor. And, um, and so that was great. I worked probably 60 hours. If you take like all the, you know, overtime and things that I would help with and driving, you know, an hour there, an hour back at times. But, um, that was a great experience from the people and the things that I learned, um, the clients I got to meet. And then when I got recruited to Marriott, um, I, I quickly realized that it wasn't the right position for me because there was a lot of red tape and um, a lot of the ideas couldn't come to fruition that I had. And that's why they hired me so that they wouldn't lose business for events to places like Fleming's. Right. Um, but unfortunately, you know, those ideas couldn't come to fruition. So even though I was doing well um, in my job, I wasn't really happy. Um, I love my coworkers, but uh, that only goes so far. Right. So I was starting and I worked underground. So <laughs> <laughs> um, no windows. Um, I had brought in fish tanks. I, I brought in posters of looking outside. I try to make it fun for every, all the managers down there. But, uh, after a while that took a toll on my health, to be honest with you, I ended up on antibiotics, um, three times in a row. And I think it's because they're, I, I don't want to say what it was, but I think that I just wasn't healthy enough in the area that I was working. in. so I'd get there at dark, leave past dark working underground. Um, and then the reason I left um, to go into being a title rep was my uh, my father. My father got stage four uh, colon cancer when I was 18. So I was just a senior in high school and he was um, an entrepreneur. He was an inventor um, and he always just like he dreamed big and he just did anything that he wanted to. He wasn't a corporate man. Right. And so he just believed in like following your dreams, making things happen um, don't let people tell you, you can't do something, just do it. So, but when he got sick, I needed to take care of myself. We lost everything in the recession. So I always had a corp corporate jobs at first. Right. 
Um, and then eventually I had an, when he was really sick. So after nine years, he was still alive, but his last leg and the last conversation I had to, with him was in the hospital. And he knew my opportunity to become a title rep and leave Marriott. And he said, Dana, get out of, get the heck out of Marriott, get out of corporate, leave. You'll be fine. You can handle it. Go become a title rep. And even if that doesn't work out, you'll be fine. You'll figure it out. Just be like on your own outside of a huge corporation. So, um, I took, I promised him I would, and he passed away. And then I started, <laughs> started being a title rep and I never looked back. And I am so glad I did because it's been the best ride of my life and the most challenging, but the most rewarding, if that makes sense. <laughs> it, it totally makes sense. But what a wonderful man your, your father, father is uh, to you in that situation. He knew that you weren't happy. He knew it. He knew it. He was sick, but he knew his daughter wasn't happy. And mm -hmm. he gave you those words of wisdom and you took it and you ran with it. That's just a tremendous, tremendous thing. And I know that he's looking down upon you, so proud of you and, and what you, you've been able to accomplish in such a short period of time. Let's get into the to, to that a little bit. Being a title rep, because I've been in the real estate industry for years as well, and that's a tough gig. That is extremely tough. You know, you have to... I mean, you you have to go to real estate office after real estate office, passing different the different toys, different calendars, different things, develop relationships, and you know as well as I do, you know, there's there's I love realtors, okay, but you know, realtors sometimes are not the easiest people to break into an industry with, especially somebody that was somebody that's new, they, especially some of these older realtors. They're like, you know, I've been doing this for years. I don't need some um, young girl, you know, come and selling me. I have my reps. I'm going to do my thing. And you had to break that. You had to break that. So talk to talk to us about those early stages, because I know that couldn't have been easy for you. Yeah, that was definitely very challenging. So you go from a career where you're actually in a management position, right? And then you leave and then you start over, right? So you're nobody. I was nobody like to other people. I... I was Dana, but they didn't know anything about me and people didn't believe I would make it because they had seen so many title reps try to get into this industry and they would just fail. Right. And that actually made me <laughs> want to succeed even more. Right. That was a driver for me. So I'm, I just believed in, I'm going to show you, I'm going to do this. And I did have to have help um, in the beginning too, because I did have a partner at the time um, who'd been in the industry for a long time. So he did help open a lot of doors into offices for me. And I'm super grateful for that. But even so, um, I still went out on my own a lot and had to build my own relationships and my own report and learn the business. Um, and yeah, in the beginning, I would sit in my car sometimes outside of an office or outside of an open house uh, about to go in and talk to the realtor or lender or escrow officer or whoever it was. Right. And I would just have to like prepare myself and just say, Dana, you got this. Like you're enough. They'll work with you for you. Right. And that was really tough. I wanted to know all the information before talking to somebody so that I could add value. And everyone kept telling me, you can't know everything. You can't know anything, everything. And you just need to go meet people. You're, you'll learn it as you go. And I always laugh because I tell people, new people in the business, the same thing. I'm like, you're going to hate that I say this, but you cannot just sit, sit at home and study everything and then go out. You'll just live and learn. You'll do it and you'll learn as you go. Um, of course, still try to learn as much as possible, but just dive in. So I always, now it's much easier. Now I don't really have 
fear of talking to anybody. <laughs> I mean, I do have my own little, you know, fear. Everyone has their own things. I get a little nervous at like public speaking in front of huge groups and stuff. You get the butterflies. It's a positive thing, but talking, going, talking to anybody now and open house or any event, like after six years of consistency and routine, like you just, you just say, okay, let's do it. Right. <laughs> so, um, you break, you break through and I would just say anybody who's ever trying in whatever industry they're in, who is like nervous is just take a deep breath and know it's not life and death and that you're doing your best and you're going to find your tribe and the people that are going to connect best with you. And what was the best activity that gave you the, the most, uh, maybe the most confidence or the most business? Was it, was it visiting the open houses or doing uh, buyer seminars? What was the one that re really set you forward? So that's a good question. When I went off on my own, when I broke away from my partner, um, that was like, that was two years into the industry. So I went off to a startup title company and that was, that was a huge risk, right? Um, nobody knew who we were. Uh, and luckily the office was in Long Beach and I was able to work with an amazing title officer there. This is my previous company and we became very close and I knew how lucky it was to be physically close to this person, right? So even though I didn't have all the knowledge of the inside of title, I had the source that works on all the deals. So I would go in and make videos, educational videos called Tuesday title tidbits with him. And then I would put those out to the public on social media. Right. And I had so many people watching those and talking about those and calling me and saying, can you talk about this? Or thanks for posting that. And they felt like they had that connection with myself and with my team and even just seeing the office space where we filmed, right? So I think making sure you break down those walls, adding that value, being consistent. And of course I was always out too, like daily everywhere, but this was another add-on of differentiating myself, ourselves, and trying to encompass the team into their teams, right? And their worlds. And your business is 24 seven, real estate doesn't sleep. Um, so what do you do, especially in the early in the early stages when you really need to ramp up your business on those days where you're like, you know what, I'm just not feeling it today. I just don't have it. I do not want to go to this real estate office. It's Saturday. I just want to hang with my friends and I can't do that. What do you do to help yourself with stuff like that? You know, OK, so I think there are I'll be honest with you, if there are days when I honestly am just can't do it. Like maybe there's other things happening in life and I know it's not me. Like I'm just in a different place. There have been several days where I'm like, this isn't worth it. I'm just going to be, and I'm being honest with you because I think everyone has had days like that. They're very far and few in between, but most of the time, if I'm not feeling great, I will try to, I'll call a friend or somebody in the industry that I can connect with. Right. And we'll boost each other up because everybody needs a boost, right? You just need to talk to somebody help each other, right? Say, okay, you got this. Let's go. What do you, what's been happening in the industry? What have you heard? What are things I can talk about when I go in and to talk with these potential um, clients, right? To try to get that business. And so I have used my, my, my crew, my squad, right? The people that I can count on the most to help lift me up and vice versa. I do the same thing with them too. So that's usually what I would do. Maybe put on like a good song in the car when you're getting ready, like do a little power like pose. I know it sounds cheesy, but I've done that every time I've gone to an interview or before a big, you know, speaking engagement. And, um, that always helps. Now it's different though. Now as a mom, you forget about a lot of those things when you're a parent, you just know you have to get something done. You have a reason to get it done and you just do it. <laughs> so, 
it's a big shift. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get into that a little bit because uh, when I first met you in, in business, you were single, right? And you mm -hmm. met your husband through through this mm -hmm. journey. And now you have now you have a kid. And, you know, so when you were single, it was pretty much, hey, I, I got my work. I got, you know, I can just make that my number one priority because I got, you know, I'm, I'm single. I can do whatever I want. Uh, now you have a husband. Now you have a daughter. So your your uh, priorities have shifted quite a bit. How do you balance that? I don't think there ever is a true balance. Um, but I think that I'm definitely not the same person today as I was before. Now I am in bed at 9.30 p.m. <laughs> I'm not out super late unless, you know, there's a special event I need to be at, but I am still learning that balance. I do have Sundays dedicated to my daughter and I, because my husband is working. I give babysitter is not here that day. So that's my time with my daughter and I'll still check my phone, but very rarely, right? So no work meetings on Sundays. The rest of the week, I'm always available. I'm, I can, I work a lot, right? So, but I have to be home for my daughter in the morning. Babysitter gets here around 8.30, Monday through Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, my husband's home, so I can leave earlier for other things. But when I come home around by like 5.30, honestly, that's time with my with my child. And when she goes to bed at seven, um, then if I need to get work done, I'll work on more stuff after before I go to bed. But I think it's important. Like I do have time with my husband at night too. We just watch TV, like our shows and just, cuddle and just be together it's like just recoup right like for the next day so balance is tricky and if anyone is perfectly balanced then I need to talk to them because I don't know if it really truly exists um a hundred percent but I could be wrong I hope I'm wrong <laughs> I, I think I think you hit the, hit the spot on I think when I interview moms they, they say the same thing and nobody knows what a mom goes through than another mom so you guys have a special club especially working moms like you with your career. Um, how did that trend, how did that change though? Like when you, you know, having a, you know, having a kid, you know, you're, you're on commission, right? I mean, a lot of other jobs, you can take maternity leave and you can make money. Um, but in your situation, you know, you're, you're all commissioned. So how, how did you, how did you make that work? And so I actually went into labor when I was on a zoom call. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was doing this event. I was just a speaker along with some other people in the industry. And I was sitting in this chair. <laughs> um, and yeah, it wasn't like my water broke or anything, but I just, I knew something was going on, but I didn't want to freak out my husband. Mm -hmm. And so I told him I just had, I had back pain, which was true. Mm -hmm. The next morning I had a doctor appointment. He drove me there. I tried to drive myself, but he said, no, I can tell something's up. And I had my baby 1 p.m. the next day. So I worked up until the day, like the day, till my baby was born. But to me, it was fine. Like I enjoyed it. I was, I have flexibility. I was at home in a chair. Like it's not, I could still do both. Right. But after my baby was born, I did stay home. I don't know how long it, uh, probably for like at least a month. Right. But the nice thing is I have flexibility. So I can check my emails and check my phone but I still can be home if I need to. Right. So that's the beauty of COVID too. I was so lucky. I made fun of everyone having children during COVID at first. I'm like, who would have a child during a pandemic? And then I was the hypocrite and I got knocked up. Um, and I'm so grateful I did 
at that time because it allowed flexibility. Everyone was okay with doing Zooms and doing calls, right, for safety and whatnot. And still to this day, look, we're on Zoom right now. Yeah. Um, it's It's been a beautiful thing as a mom to be able to have flexibility with my career and how I work. Um, not just with other moms, but with everyone seems to be so much more understanding. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's change gears a little bit. Uh, the real estate market is much, much pr- different than it was when you got into it six years ago. Uh, now, um, with interest rates raising um, and inventory still low, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it, you, we really got to dig in right now. We, I mean, we always got to dig in. I get it. It's real estate market and never sleeps, but we, we got to dig into a, a different level. We got to do things differently. Where do you see the real estate market going, you know, with the, with the different climate? I wish I had a crystal ball <laughs> for everything, but right now, I think if a, if a buyer can afford a property, right, if they can afford a payment and they can get in, if you have a great realtor and a great lender, then your opportunity to negotiate for that property is huge. It's major. So this is a good time to get to out there and negotiate because there is a possibility that you can negotiate that price down, right? Not a guarantee if there's multiple offers, but some properties are sitting longer on the market right now, even though there is lower inventory. So um, it is a good, it is a good opportunity, right? For buyers that do qualify and that do need a house um, or if they just find a good deal where someone just needs to sell, they can't get offers and they're going to take whatever offer they can get right so i think that there's always going to be there's always people that are going to be spying and selling right maybe you have a baby you need to move for a new job um there's a death in the family you know there's a divorce whatever it may be but it's definitely has slowed down from where it was at um but we're getting used to these new interest rates and we're starting to see more buyers get out there and i know that the realtors that have those great negotiation skills are really able to help their their clients right now Um, as far as like, you know, cost for repairs, getting credits, buy downs for the rates, um, things like that. Those are some examples. So it, it still can be a good time. It just depends on your situation and your scenario and the team that you have around you too. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, if the rates were to drop, you can refi, you can get another loan. So. Yeah, so definitely you can get another loan. I I always tell people I'd be a terrible lender because I don't know what the future holds. So that's definitely a possibility. And they do expect hopefully that the rates will drop, but we don't know yet, right? So nobody can guarantee you what's going to happen in the market. But the hope is that if you get in at a higher rate, when that does happen, you'll go ahead and refi. And I can tell you like the amount of people that were able to refi though during the last few years it's huge. Most people have under a 4% interest rate right now locked in for their homes because they were smart and they refinanced when re- when rates got extremely low. Um, and so I am seeing that 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 is that is the hope, right? So if you get in at a five, whatever, five or 6%, wherever it is for you, depending on your scenario, um, hopefully it'll drop down to 4% and you'll be able to knock off a couple hundred bucks on your mortgage payment. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens, um, but that is the hope. <laughs> and there's a lot of programs out there for buyers too. I know Long Beach is doing like um, up to $20,000 as a down payment for, for first-time home buyers, um, up to 100 families. So that's more for low and middle class, but there's a lot of different um, options for buyers right now. It's really a great time to look at um, those options if you are a buyer. So make sure you talk to 
a good lender, good realtor, and they'll be able to help you out with that. Yeah. And I have some good people I can refer to, but there's a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of good ones. <laughs> so, um, you know, with COVID hitting, you know, obviously business was changed that way. And with this new environment of, of real estate, have you had to change the way you, you looked at your, your business? Yeah, no, I definitely have. I mean, I made a, I made a change. So I made a switch for my, um, the company I worked for, even though I loved my team that I worked with before, I knew that I wanted to be with a company that was extremely financially stable. Um, so I went over to a title company that's been around for a hundred years and they are financially the most secure title company since 1992. And I did that just because of the uncertainty. And I think that knowing like taking calculated risks is very important. And I wanted to be somewhere super secure and safe for my clients. And now, um, I, I know that focusing on constantly trying to be in front of the right people and spending your time wisely, being visible, adding value. Um, I really looked at my business and, and made sure that every day I know what I'm going to be doing. And I have a list of the main people that I need, I need to stay in contact with. Right. And I make sure that I'm able to add value at anywhere that I go. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's definitely changed. And I'm just really trying to help people say, Hey, I know it's harder than it was to these realtors I'm working with, but this is the time you need to like put the pedal to the metal, right? So to stand out from the rest. Um, so this is the time to do more farming is what we call it. When you prospecting, you know, sellers or buyers and sending mailers or doing social media, phone calls, text, community events, all these types of things. So I help them with, with things like that, right? And um, pulling a lot of different data for them to get in contact with those potential buyers or sellers. Um, so yeah, this is the time to, the ones that, have been through this. They're 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 putting their money in marketing right now if they have it right, and and they're going hard so that they can capture um, the business that's out there and help more families out with uh, buying homes, selling homes, refining if they need to, um, and investing, building their portfolios too. So, yeah. What does the future hold for Dana? <laughs> We'll see. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm doing leadership Long Beach right now, which has been a blast. I'm meeting a lot of people um, that work all over the city in all different spectrums, which has been great. Uh, and also helping with Pacific West Realtors, Young Professional Network. I'm having so much fun like building that up and doing educational events. I am always asked, am I going to build my team? Am I going to turn into a realtor? What, what not? My future right now is I want to focus on excelling I'm be honest, like anytime I do something on my own, right? If I invest in a property, if I'm a property manager, if I'm on the HOA, then I can take that knowledge and then assist other people. So AKA my, my clients, so realtors, lenders, investors, and my friends, even people that are outside of the industry, right? So trying to help anyone that's interested. I truly believe that real estate <laughs> rules the world and runs the world. And being in this industry, we find out things that happen, in, as you know, in the economy, and what's going to come down the line, right? So when we start seeing that things are shifting in the market, then we see, okay, things are going to start trickling down in other areas too. Um, and so I, I think the future is going to involve being a great, you know, a great mom, helping her learn about finances, investments, real estate, taking her around, you know, to properties and continuing to build my portfolio, hopefully, and teaching people how to do that as well. Because the goal is to build security for myself and my family for the future. And I believe that building wealth most of the time can come from real estate. 
And I'm fortunate enough to be in the industry and have great friends and great people I know, you know, that I've met. Um, I mean, you being one of them and so many resources where I can learn. So you just helped me with a vendor referral recently. And that was very, very helpful. I needed that. And um, I'm just grateful to have the knowledge, the friends, the vendors to, to build my own life and then teach others how to do the same for themselves. And you practice what you preach. You are, you already have two properties of your own right now. And I think that's important that you're, you're, you're doing what you're, you're telling your clients to do. I think that that's extreme. Like I, I, when I talk to some realtors that, that, that have been renting for 15, 20 years, I go, doesn't that hurt you a little bit because you're selling these homes, but you're not taking your own advice. And the fact that you're taking your own advice, you can say, Hey, look it, this is what I did. And this is how I've been building my wealth. So it's working for me. It can work for you. Right. Yeah, no, thank you. No, it's, 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 um, that's, that's been the great part. I, I've been able to do a small flip, which has been really fun too. Um, I'm not an expert flipper by any means, but, but I just wanted to do it to learn the process. Right. And it went well, but I just learning the knowledge and having the properties and going through, you know, right now I'm having a hurdle with my rental, but it's all learning, right? Like you're going through water damage, you're going through these things, but I get to give business as well to certain other vendors, which feels good, learn the process, share that knowledge with others. Um, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to eventually hopefully do like a 1031 exchange so I can have said I've done that personally as well one day. Um, I'm excited to just continue to grow and invest in this arena. And also, I think it's important to look at all investments, right? So um, I've since getting into real estate and investing in real estate, I think it's nice to compare what else is going out there. And that's also another reason where real estate is doing well. You know, you look at the stock markets and then you compare it to real estate and people invested in real estate the last couple of years, like their money shot up, you know, compared to, compared to most people who put money in stocks. And I think it's good to know, but stocks can also do well too. So it's good to know all the different fields and talk to all your friends that are in those different fields and help people out, like help them build their portfolios and their wealth and protect their families and themselves in the future. Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing from you is diversify real estate, but also get in the stock market, do it all. Yeah. A little bit of, a little bit of everything. So <laughs> definitely diversify 100%. And I feel lucky to be, I'm sure you do too, in, in, you know, coastal California, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people were buying out of state and I know it's worked really well for some people, but for me, I feel comfortable having my properties here where I can see them next to the, close to the water. And my dad always taught me, uh, buy, buy the water if you can. Right. So the first property I bought was near the water. And I know that that value will always be there because people always want to be by the water. So working and living in California in this industry, um, I do believe that there's a lot of protection for our property values as well here. Obviously they can still shift, but I truly believe that they'll always eventually go up and there's not a lot of inventory still. So we're more protected here um, than other areas in the country. What's that old saying? Location, location, location. So <laughs> by the water is right location. Yes. Uh, I mean, it has been so far for me and most other people I know that have purchased by the water. So uh, definitely has been um, great investments for for most people that do. So yeah, just look into the flood areas though and make sure, make sure <laughs> you're yeah. protected there. But uh, yes, usually they're great investments by the water. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have a lot of real estate questions for you. So how can they get in touch with you? 
Yeah. So, um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Dana, the title rep. And I also have a YouTube channel, Dana, the title rep. Uh, my first name is Dana last name Spites. So if you just Google me, you'll find me. If you Google Dana, the title rep, you'll see my Google business page there too, with all my information. So I try to use Dana, the title rep across the board to make it easy. <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't know you had a YouTube channel. I'll, I'll have to subscribe to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, Started a while ago. So um, when I went over to clear, when I went to my previous company for title, I actually, those when I started doing a lot more YouTube uh, videos. So a lot of them are based on title insurance. So, um, you know, we, we make sure that we assure the new homeowners that their property is uh, free and clear of any issues when they purchase the property. But a lot of that is about the processes of title insurance. What does it protect? You know, just a lot of the common questions that we get from realtors and homeowners and buyers. So I'll see a lot on there and some personal stuff, but <laughs> mostly work, <laughs> mostly value for work. Well, let's end on a, on a fun note. Um, obviously you've been in Long Beach for quite a while now. Where are the best places to eat? <laughs> so I love going, there's so many places to eat. This is such a hard question, but I've spent a lot of time on second street as I'm sure most people have. So I love um, Satan Seconds is one, and I'm an ambiance girl too. So there's certain people that are the foodie hole in the walls. That's my husband. And then there's the ambiance with also the great food. So I love Satan Second. I do love Nick's on Second too. They're like tuna tartare is delicious. Open Sesame is always a favorite amongst people. Um, and then also I love pho. And I know some people are going to say, this isn't real pho, but I'm just saying Cyclo Noodle is one of our favorite spots for pho and that's over um, by the traffic circle. So if you like pho, try them out. Their food is, I believe, delicious. And a lot of people I know do still love it too. So they uh, think it's great, but there's so many restaurants. It's hard to, it's hard to just mention like not a million of them, yeah. but um, what's your favorite one? I want to know what yours is since we're talking. Well, depending on that, like we, we got to talk about different uh, genres of food, like Italian, Mexican, uh, all that kind of stuff. So if we're going to go like uh, Italian, I love uh, Vina and Cucina in, in uh, Norsway. It's like right on the border of Lake. It might be Lakewood. I don't know, but it's in that Norsway uh, shopping center. Uh, right yeah, I've never been there, Gap. but I know, where you, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right there on a, uh, on Lakewood and uh, Carson in North yeah. Bay. Yeah, that, that's phenomenal. And then if you were going to go uh, Mexican food, I love Los Compadres on Redondo and Anaheim. That's my favorite Mexican place. Um, I also like uh, Manal for uh, Thai food on, um, I think, over by where you used to live, uh, on, on Broadway and uh, Loma. Never been there. Okay. I'll have to try it. Love Thai yeah. food. Yeah, we used to go to Panmavarn. I don't know how to say it correctly, but Panmavarn, have you been there before? No, where's that at? Um, that's over on Carson and uh, closer to Carson and Woodruff area. It might be one more block down, but it's really good. They actually opened one in um, Long Beach off of Broadway, but it just didn't last because COVID happened and oh, no. they tried to do the repeat, but they still have the original one. So okay. um, that's a great one over here, Panmavarn. It's really, really good um, Thai food. So yeah, there's, there's a lot. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Dana, it's been a pleasure talking with you. You know, I know we talk, but, it, you know, when, when you're in this kind of setting where we're doing like an interview, you learn things about somebody you didn't learn when you do a regular conversation. So I'm so happy that you were able to come on today. 
Thank you, Paul. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for doing this. I love that you're bringing the community together in Long Beach. So keep it up. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> well, it's been a Long Beach thing. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into It's a Long Beach Thing. Please tune in next time for another great episode. Thank you and have a good rest of your day.